cliffcentral.com. Welcome back to the good stuff, Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself, Brent Lindicue, the good news guy. Um, I've got Kerry sitting next to me, the good news girl. What's up, Kerry? Say hi to all our listeners out there. Hey, am I on? You are on. I've put the microphones on. We're all on. We're good to go. Um, yeah, man, it's Tuesday and uh, you're live with the good stuff. It's Cliff Central's very own happy hour and it's uh, South Africa's happy hour as well. That's what we call it. Your happy hour too. Um, there's so much going on in South Africa that I just want to touch on. It really isn't anything that we focus on, but it's stuff that is relevant. So... I. Fees must fall processed seem to have no end in sight. And with that said, the leadership in our country is needed right now. I have no idea where the people in charge are that should be taking charge of these things. We desperately need them. It's desperate times. Um, the, in the main headlines this morning, when I was, when I was busy prepping for the show, mm-hmm. I, I checked out what was going on. And, and I promise you, these are the buzzwords. State capture, guptas, mm-hmm. crime, corruption, Violence And um, that was my laptop Which is not in the mainstream media But those are all the things that, that are being discussed In our news And I have to tell you That we're not going to discuss any of that No Today Today is all about the good stuff um, There's so much more happening in South Africa That we can bring you Tuli Madonsela might have left office But she's continuing to fight for what's right Even without the title We're we going to touch on that her. Communities are standing up to bullies That's another story that we're going to chat about And um, there's students that are standing together At UCT uh, against the fees must fall and they're helping someone who was affected by the fees must fall. So it's quite an interesting story. So inspired, so flippin' amped to be here today. Um, we, we, the weekly show, we just try and bring a real smile to your dial and give you something better to be talking about when you're at the, uh, water coolers and dinner tables. We also get ch- to chat to Michael Stevens today from Jumping Kids. It's an association, a non-profit that provides prosthetic solutions to those who need it most. Disadvantaged children and some of those incredible kids that they've helped went to the Paralympics this year. Yes. Some of those kids might have won gold. Actually. It's so amazing. Which is, which is quite exciting. Um, and then we also get to chat to Gavin Sinclair. Gavin Sinclair, uh, he cycled from Cape to Cairo, cycled on a bicycle for the past year for charity. Um, his phone's off at the moment, but we've, uh, we've scheduled a phone interview with him. So we're hopefully going to get hold of him in a little bit. If you, if you guys want to join the conversation, you can, uh, visit cliffcentral.com. Because that's where you tune in. Mm-hmm. Or um, you can get involved on Twitter on CliffCentral.com, myself, Brent Lindicue, or Kerry Stain. Hey. Are we good to go? Yeah, you great. can give us a call as well on 0861 I nearly forgot the number. <laughs> um, Fiona Ney says she's listening in. We've also got Mark who's listening in. Uh, oh, great to have guys. you guys hey. here. I'm switching off Facebook Live now. So that's the warning that Facebook Live is going off. Go to CliffCentral.com to tune in right now. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. I had to end it like that because you know that they keep... I know, you keep running out of air time. Ugh, I run out of air time and then people think, <laughs> what the hell is going on? All right, Kay, so much going on, so much to catch up with. Um, i got to tell you. Yes. So, it's, I'm going to... We'll call this the honesty box. Mm, okay. Because I'm going to be honest. And um, I don't want you to judge me. I don't judge anybody. We can't have any... Ju- we can't. Ever. We cannot have any judgments. I'm the least... When, when we, uh, when we have the, the honest box going on, I don't even have a song for the honest box. I was like, what? Where's the honest box? Um, so there we go. It's the honesty box. Um, I, I haven't been to the dentist in 13 years. What? 
I'm not judging you. I feel like you kind of are, quite, but... No, I'm quite surprised because you've got really nice teeth. Well, this is the thing, right? So, I haven't been to the dentist in 13 years. And um, I, when I got back recently from overseas, I had this really weird pain in the back of my mouth mm. to the left at the top. Mm. So I thought it was because I'd, I'd found this new toothpaste in London that I'd bought while I was there. I ran out of toothpaste. <laughs> and you were like, what's going on? And I bought like this fancy whiten your teeth stuff, what, what. Yes. So I thought perhaps this had was done something to your me. teeth. It had done something. Have you to had me. your wisdoms removed? I have, yes. Okay. I have, yes. So, so, um, I had to go to the dentist and I haven't been in 13 years. So I booked at the dentist. Mm. It was a recommendation. A friend of mine said, I have to go to this lady who's out in Sunning Hill. Yes. Her name's Fiona. I've heard of her. So I booked and, and I went through to the dentist last week and, and I got into like her room. She's very lovely, very lovely mm. lady. And she said to me, lie down. Oh. And I said to her, no, we first need to unpack a couple of things. Uh. First of all, I'm scared of you. <laughs> That's so cute. So that's the first thing we're going to say. <laughs> Secondly, um, I haven't been to the dentist in 13 years. So whatever's going on in my mouth, it's a shit show. Like, <laughs> this could perhaps be the worst thing you've ever, ever seen. No, 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 no. no. So she <laughs> said to me, Brent, I've been doing this for many years. Yes. And she's probably. I've seen it all. Yes. I've seen it all. Mm -hmm. Lie down, boy. So, down, so I lay down on the chair and um like that because the fingers on your mouth, and um she was like digging around and you heard that cling 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 oh. when they're like on your teeth and then tick, 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 tick. that oh. sort of sound and then she went oh my god <gasps> oh, no. oh my god what now and I was laying there going oh like, what now? And probably like... Nervous as all hell. So she said to me, you're a liar. There's no way that you haven't been to the dentist in 13 years. Do you see? You have the most perfect teeth I have ever seen in they my are. career. They're they amazing. are healthy and perfect. And and I cannot believe you haven't been to the dentist in 13 years. Why did you come here and waste my time? Well, no. <laughs> now what I, what she said is I must go and just get a cool little clean once a year. Yeah, and she's cool. really fun, man. They've got like... You lie down on the... On the chair and there's MTV playing on the oh, roof that's so awesome. and she's funny and she made me feel comfortable and she liked So what was, was the pain? Um there was a little hole in my tooth oh, or whatever okay. but she was quite excited because she said it was because like well it was like breaking she said it was like breaking my virginity because it was the first filling that I'd ever had in my whole entire life at 31 years old so not bad High five High five Yes. Yeah, so that's my catch-up. I'm no longer afraid of the dentist. And if you guys want the coolest dentist in the whole flippin' country, I'll give you her, her details because I was that amped. Oh, that's so awesome. Hey? Yeah, I guess what? And I faced my fears. You faced your fears and you did it. And I she was quite demanding, it sounds. No, she's cool, man. She was a really, Lie really... down, Brent. No, well, she was... I mean... <laughs> Lie you, down. You listen to your dentist. Get. Don't mess around with the Lie dentist. Down. They've got the world in their hands, which is your as mouth. well. She's great. Right. She's in four ways. I love okay, her. well, I'm not. I'm not afraid of the dancers anymore, which is Good. pretty cool. Um, bucket list. <laughs> bucket list. Bucket list. Well done. The other thing that's happened over the last couple of days, and I'm sure you've all seen it because it's all over our social oh, my media. Goodness gracious! 
Have you seen it? I'm getting so irritated. You Once even I, know what I'm talking like about. Like the first line, I'm like, oh, please. And then I just flip up. I'm okay. Like, so if you guys don't know what's going on, there is a, a Facebook privacy notice that's going around that everybody's copying and pasting as their status. Mm-hmm. Because apparently if you put things in your status, it'll protect you from, yes. I don't know. Apparently all your stuff is going um, public. So that was the whole thing. I read it once and I was like. Yeah, but you can't say apparently because it's not even true. I know. But I'm saying apparently because it's not true. Here's the thing, right? So it's got two different renditions. Mm. Um, The one is deadline tomorrow. Everything you've ever posted becomes public from tomorrow. Even messages Mm. that you have deleted or the photos that are not allowed. It costs nothing for a simple copy and paste. Better safe than sorry. Channel 30 News talked about the change in Facebook's private policy. Blah, 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 blah. I do not give Facebook. Do you know what I was thinking last night? I'm like all these people that are copying and pasting. I'm like, "Mm -mm -mm, what have you been doing? Well, it's there's three things that come to mind, and the yeah. first is when is tomorrow? Exactly, there's because been a if, lot of tomorrows. If, hey? if everybody's tomorrow started last week, didn't if it? everybody's status is it's happening tomorrow, and you just keep posting it, then tomorrow there was that song. Tomorrow never comes. Literally, it never ever ever comes. Tomorrow will never come because no. it will always be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thought. The second is, um, have you ever watched Channel Thirteen News? No, exactly. Channel Thirteen News doesn't exist. Ever a- anyway, there is no Channel Thirteen news, and and the last is um in the in the status which I didn't read now because I got bored, but it it says the content <laughs> of this profile is private and confidential information. The violacy um, the violation of privacy can be punishable by law with this act, which is the Rome Statute. Do you know what the Rome Statute is? What is that? I googled it because I was really interested. So the Rome Statute um, has got nothing to do with Facebook or privacy or policies. It is based on four core international crimes, which is genocide, crimes against humanity, war crimes, and crimes of aggression. Nothing to do with privacy, friends. So what have we learned? Not everything you read on the internet is true. And don't be a sheep. <laughs> no, really, and it's a lot of people that are doing it. It's quite funny to see. Um, one of my friends, Travis, he he actually said, "I can understand if the older folk are doing it mm. because maybe you don't know, but if you're young, come on, <sighs> come on." How many times has this been going around, man? I know on social media, even this year. It's funny. It's funny. Um, two more things I want to touch on. One, fees must fall. No, I'm not going to talk about everything that's happening in the country because we all know about it. It's on the news. We've been seeing it. It's incredibly sad. But here's something that's crazy. The recent fees must fall protests have gripped the country in a space of negativity and uncertainty. Mm. The violence has also spilled over into the streets, blocking off roads to hospitals, leaving property vandalized, people destitute, and even people Injured. Yeah, and dying. And dying. It's terrible. But there's always a ray of hope in times of distress, and South Africans really know how to support each other in times of need. This is one of those stories. So, a student has has created this Facebook post Mm. and gathered so much support, so much support. His name's Phil. He's a civil engineering student at UCT, and um, one of the the workers at UCT works for a place called um, Pandaland, which Mm. is food. Yes. Inside UCT. And because of all the protests, UCT campus has been closed. Mm. Eddie, who is the guy that works there, um, has had no income for like two or three weeks. Nothing. So he got kicked out of his house. 
He got kicked out of his flipping house. And, and Phil, the student, um, was walking past and he, he like bumped into Eddie wherever they were on campus or whatever was going on. I don't think it was campus because campus has been closed yes. out. So he bumped into him and he said, Ed's boy, how's things going? And Eddie went, I'm not so good, man. No. I've, I've lost my house. I don't have money for food. Um, I was living from week to week and, and now because the campuses are closed, I don't have an income. So I've moved into a shelter mm. and none of my stuff is safe. It's not safe in the shelters. Um, and he's, he's quite scared for his life. So Phil, the student, he was like, boo, um, I have an extra room in my apartment. Aww. Come and stay with me until all of this blows over. Like, I'm sure my girlfriend won't mind. We'll just all housemate together oh you see and eddie came and stayed with him um for for it was like three weeks now i love stories like and every morning eddie even though he couldn't go to um the campus to to make food and sell Mm. it at the store he took some of his products so like chips and cigarettes Mm. and stuff and he went to the train station to go sell it in rush hour at hoppers five in the morning but it's not enough money right so i mean because he's not established and he doesn't actually have a shop so um Three weeks go by and Phil's like, yes, I've got my parents coming and I need the room or whatever, oh, Ed, but I'm not leaving you destitute. Mm. So he put in a post on Facebook going, guys, I'm looking for a bit of cash for Eddie. Um, we need like two and a half thousand rand to um, put him up into a backpacker's lodge for a month where he'll feet. have his own space. Yes. His stuff will be safe just until these protests are over and he can get back to his, his rental apartments, whatever. And he put it up on Facebook and within two days, he had five times the amount needed. What? So Eddie's well That's looked amazing. after. And Eddie and Phil sat down and they were like, cool, now we got all this money. What are we going to do? So they said, let's help other people in the same situation. That's South Africa, Kay. Yes, it is. That's the real South Africa. Is, it is. We have all this uncertainty and sadness and, and crime and corruption and protest and, 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 Don't and, 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 and in the news. Man, there's good news stories out there and we need to focus on them. We need to be sharing them. We need to be inspiring each other because that's the way we turn whatever around, whatever situation Do it is. Do you know what? I think this is the beginning of the end. Of what? Of of all this nonsense. Everything that's going on that's negative in our country, I think this is the beginning of the end. I'm done with negativity. Yes. Hashtag no more negative. Well, I'm not negative anyway. I don't mm. live in that space. Me neither. Ever, ever, ever. Lastly, um, want to touch on this. Oaks, we're in a drought. Yes. South Africa, I say this every week. Stop flipping watering your gardens. Stop wasting water. It's that simple. Um, even if you're using borehole water to it's do your still irrigation, the same, it's guys. still water that is a scarce resource yes. that is disappearing. Comes from the same place. So, um, Joburg Water have stepped it up a bit and they've now got a hotline that you can report people. If you see somebody watering their garden or wasting water, click a pic of it and tweet at Joburg Water. They will investigate it. Ooh la la. Done. Done. And you know what they should do? Houses that are, are doing that, I mean, they can't find them. It's not, but raise their prices. Mm. You want to pay for water? It's a precious resource. Fine. Water your garden, but pay more. I read an article this morning, actually, about um, an informal settlement in Rustenburg. And uh, all the, the the places around them obviously have clean water, but these guys are spending about a hundred. I mean, when they're earning nine hundred rand a month, they're spending between a hundred and two hundred rand a month on drinking water because their borehole mm-hmm. is contaminated. It's it's terrible. I mean, we must put that article up. Maybe we can do something about it. Okay, Kay, you can write that. That's your okay. second article you have to write. I'm still waiting for the first. What was that one? I don't remember. But <gasps> I'm going to go listen to our past shows because you and I do had a full on discussion. What? what today. Is 
my Cliff Central good stuff anniversary. My one year. I heard a rumor on this day that it is your birthday. Day, da, 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 That's the spurs off. That's cool. Happy and happy. Good stuff anniversary. Good stuff anniversary. You know, you having you on the show for the past year has been such a cool journey. I feel like I was wondering why people were congratulating me, and I'm like, what? It's that time. It's that time. It's a whole year. Chona pit. I know, right? And we've done so much in a year. Huge. We've helped people. We've told cool stories. We've been part of the CEO sleep out. Aww. We've gone to charity days. We've gone to gala. Oh my goodness, gala dinners. <laughs> we've done the most amazing things. I know. People thought we were in like together in a relationship. That was just for a short moment. Yes, just until we stopped it. We nipped that in the bud. <laughs> um, but that's really cool. And I love having you on the show, matey. Thanks. It's cool that we can sit and chat good stuff together. Um, every week we do chat good stuff. Yes, and, we and this week is no different. Uh, we look for the trending top five good news stories in South Africa and the world. And, um, and we bring them to you right here on the show so that you got better things to talk about. Yes. Man. Um, Carrie, yeah. Carrie searches for them, so she has to do all the work for this. What do we have at number five? South Africa makes list of top luxury travel destinations for 2016. So, how many was it? It was 196 global countries, and we made the top 11. Jeepers. How about that, but, eh? Okay, so there's a couple of reasons here. Yes. One, because South Africa is so amazing. It is. It's beautiful. And sometimes we forget how cool it is to mm. live here. The other side of that is other countries are making really stupid decisions. So their currencies are not looking great. So they need to go to places where they can spend a little bit more. If you think of what happened with Brexit, yes, you know, yes. we've become the number one travel destination for um, U- UK people, from people from the UK. But you know what as well? I mean, if you're South African, travel South, our... South African. South African. Travel our country first. Oh, I agree to that profusely. Yes. Like, go for it. People, go for it. Go people for haven't it. even been to Durban, but they'll go overseas. Mm-mm. I'm no. telling you guys, get to know our country. It's really beautiful. You know what? We, um, I've, I'm lucky enough to be able to travel. So I get to go to all different places around South Africa. Yes. I mean, we were speaking to, to, uh, Francois van Kook last week. Yes. And he goes and gigs at um, Mystic Boer in Bloemfontein. I've, I've been there, man. Tiny little I've been gorgies. there. I've been there. Like, I got to travel. South Africa has got so many gems that it's we should so really, rich. really be proud of and, you know, support support our own travel industry, methinks. Definitely. If not, once you've supported our own travel industry, we've also got the opportunity to go overseas. So we're lucky yes. enough to live in the land of milk and honey yes. where we can go to Cape Town in June and by December we can go skiing in the Alps or whatever. And to add to that, our number four. Oh, so since we're talking about travel, yes. we're going to get in our number four story. Number four. Here's where South Africans can travel without a visa. So this, I, I mean, cool story. The reason why it's cool is because mm. people moan a lot. They're like, ah, South African passports, I can't go anywhere. Yep. I need a visa for everything. And I was even moaning when I went on my recent trip. I needed a Dubai visa, yes. a Schengen, Schengen visa, an English visa just to travel lots for like three lots weeks. Lots and lots of visas for lots and lots of money. Yeah, visas are expensive as well. That's yes. a problem, man. So this is a list of 90 countries, 90 places yes. where you can travel right now. To get a visa immediately, mm-hmm. plus 30 other places where you get a visa on arrival. On arrival. So, can you name like a couple? Okay. Just just a few. 
Okay, so we've got Argentina, Bahamas, Barbados, Bahamas, Fiji, Ireland, Israel, Jamaica, Paraguay, Peru, goodness, Swaziland, Tanzania, Tunisia, Zambia, Zimbabwe, Thailand. Thailand. Thailand's on the list as well. So, Kosovo, I mean, Lesotho, Malawi. I would, I would go to Fiji or the Bahamas. I'd be like, I'd be in Bahamas. there. Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Very cool, very cool. Um, that's number four. We're going to put up the whole list up online so that you guys can see and plan your next holiday and save some visa costs. Uh, number People th- should do that more. Go on holiday. <laughs> when they're not working, just go on holiday. Yes. Uh, what do we have at number three? Tuli Madensela will continue to protect the public even without the title. I started the show with this. I love her. She's not going anywhere. She no. might not uh, have that title of public protector anymore, but she's still protecting the public. Yes, she is. And she's taking a sabbatical for a year. Um, and she deserves it, eh? Sure, that lady's worked hard. I say give give Tuli give Tuli the year off. What that um, lady's been through this year, I mean, she's she's had um like her life has been in danger. Can I just say that um advocate Madoncella Yes, I love her. She's my she's, hero. She's my hero too. And yes. and the strangest thing is she sees all. I know. She knows exactly what's going on in this country. Um, I went to that dinner yes, at the Australian High Commissioner's yeah. house and she was there. And I almost became, for the first time in my life, I've, I've met Jesse J mm. and I've met Enrique Iglesias and I've met really cool people. I've never ever gone into groupie mode. Mm. I saw Tuli Madoncela at this dinner and she was sort of near me, but just at that weird distance where you can't say hello. It's like not close you're enough. Lo- you're sort of looking at each other. And I kept on looking at her. I was standing with Gareth and Caroline Stone. Mm. And we were standing chatting. And I kept on looking at a Thule, like a groupie. I was sort of like... I need to get there. She's how do the I get room. how do I get her attention? I just need to get her attention mm. so we can just look at each other and say hi lock and eyes. lock eyes and whatever. And I slowly made myself I slithered towards her <laughs> like a creep. Um stalker. A stalker. And and at some point during this process, our eyes caught. Mm. And I was like, it's now or never, boy. Go, do it. You gotta go do it. And I, I turned around properly and I put my hand out. And I said, Advocate Madoncella, you are my hero. Oh, I've got goosebumps. And I'm just so incredibly thankful for everything you do for our country. And she looked at me and she went, Brent, Brent, call me Thule. And I was like, what? She was probably like, there's this famous guy in the room. I need to get there. I need to see him. I I just don't know how. Thule Madoncella knows my name, boo. Yeah. It was the. It was just. It was really flippin' cool, she's and it beautiful. was. She's really, really beautiful. So I'm glad. The story is is that she's gonna take on law, and she's just gonna do good things for civil society in South Africa, and that means the world to us. And we are thankful for everything that you do. And if I see you again, I will call you Advocate Maroncella again, and I will tell you that you are my flippin' hero and and South Africa's. You are a shining star. We love you. We love you too, Lee. Um, we're going to put that story up online so you can actually read it and see what she's doing. What do we have in number two? Student wants science to fall. Internet responds perfectly. Wow. So this has been trending mm-hmm. since last week. Yes, it has. Uh, so this is Stelly's, a UCT student. Mm-hmm. She stood up and they were at this debate and they were talking about like how to make universities better. And I like that, that the mm-hmm. conversation's being had. Yeah. But this girl stood up and uh, maybe it was taken out of context, whatever. She said something really silly. And the internet agrees. 
majority. I've had a bit of backlash. Yes. So I wrote the story, mm. and out of the the, I got about almost two thousand comments on mm. all the different pages. Out of the two thousand, there were three. Sure. Three people that just they were like. I don't agree with this video. I don't agree with how people are slating her. Like, she's misunderstood and she means something. But here's what I was highlighting, right? Mm. South Africans know how to laugh at ourselves. We know how to take a situation and actually go, man, that's pretty that's funny. Silly. That's pretty yeah, funny. So the articles that we wrote was more about the funny side. Yes. I get it. Decolonization yeah. is a thing. We need to be inclusive of everybody's um, opinions and ideas. I tweeted. I mean, my tweet's there. The I put it in there. Yeah. But I believe in what I tweeted. Isn't education about knowing more, learning more? Isn't it about getting perspectives from everywhere and then formulating your own opinion? That's that, science in itself. Well, that's education. So it doesn't matter. And I get what this girl is saying is that we need to be, we need to be learning about each other's cultures. I don't say remove other ideas and opinions, yes. but add everybody's opinion in so we can have a more educated idea, a better idea mm. about what the world is about. Exactly. It'll make us more educated. And we'll be able to understand each other a little bit better. So I get it. I don't say science must fall. Mm-mm. I say science must grow. Exactly. We need to learn all different opinions, all different cultures, and add them in a mixing pot. And then we've got a better understanding of the world. But that's also, it's education on education and why it's important. It is important, yo. Mm. Uh Number one, again, we're going to put all of these stories up online. So that the video that goes with that story, um, they've taken her, um, her video. Yes. And they've mashed it up with Kevin Hart, which is quite funny. So we'll, we'll put that up online so that you can read it and watch and see all these things. Um, what do we have at number one? Cape Tonian bully video goes viral. South Africans say no and call for her to publicly apologize. So the reason we put this up here is not because no. of the bully video. It's because of the reaction. So understand. Africans are standing together. As we should and as we do. Um, a little girl made a terrible mistake by putting that silly video online. I mean, you can, I, I sort of, the video got taken off. Yes. There are still some people that have the video. Yeah. But if you read just at the top here, it gives you a description of what the video like was sort of about without being crass. Yeah. Okay, so, um, it's, the video has had 150,000 views in a short time after being uploaded. It showed a young, it showed a young girl using vulgar language while threatening a 14 year old named Lauren who allegedly attends Krutuskua High School in Cape Town. About halfway through the clip, she warns Lauren that the bully would be waiting for her on return to school on the first day of the new term. The mean girl warns the victim that she knows where she lives, revealing that her step-grandmother is a police officer. She then ends the clip suggesting that the victim gets police to escort her home or she'll assist her by escorting her to the grave. Yeah, those words, right? How disgusting. So she posted the video online. Uh, some DJ down in Cape Town put it on his Facebook. Aiden Thomas from Hartig. That's it. It, um, it was all over the place and people were watching it. And a couple of hours later, he removed it because um, he believes in bringing people together yes. and she needs to be helped. Also, Twitter had their way with him. <laughs> they were like, you're a celebrity. Why did you put that video up? Yeah. I've said... And it's something that I've learned over the past year with Good Things Guy. And you, you never, ever, ever capitalize on tragedy. No. You do not do it. It's and not. And that's the thing as well. I mean, I got a notification from my primary school the other day to say that they're having a social media talk. 
and that there's actually a lawyer that that deals in social media. It's a very, very big problem. And these kids need to be educated on how to use social media and what's right and what's wrong. I agree completely. And we can only hope that people do get a little bit educated. Uh, That's it for the top five. Yes. It's not the end of our show, guys. No, it's so don't, not. So don't switch off anything. We've still got lots of good stuff to get through. <laughs> um, it's just the end of the, the top five. All of those stories get put online straight after the show. So and if you so visit, there are so many more, but if you visit www.cliffcentral.com and you look for the good stuff page, which is found under Tuesdays, you will find all of the correlating stories as well as any information relating to our guests who are going to be in the studio in a little bit. The good stuff on Cliff Central. Whatever your term of endearment for your prize rod, for banger, for buy, barge, beamer, beater, benz, big rig, bike, freezer, chori, chopper, clunker, crotch rocket, genka, jero cruiser, hog, hobdy, hypermila, jalopy, junker, combi, lambo, land barge, pimp mobile, Pocket rocket, puddle jumper, render rock scoot, shagging wagon, shitbox, sled, tank, warrant wagon. There's only one place to visit if you're looking to buy a new vehicle. Autotrader.co.za. With simple navigation and over 62,000 cars to choose from, it's a no-brainer. Visit Autotrader.co.za today and find your next set of wheels. The good stuff on Cliff Central. We're back. Um, so every week we get to bring people in studio um, that are just inspirational and doing really cool things for South Africa and the world. I mean, th- the people that we've had in the studio are always exciting to speak to because they've got stories that um, fill me with inspiration. Definitely. And this week's no different. Michael Stevens from Jumping Kids has joined us in studio. We actually played a WhatsApp from him, a little voice note, about three or four weeks ago when the Paralympics were on. Um, he's he's part of Jumping Kids, which is a, a registered nonprofit that provides prosthetic solutions to those who need it most, disadvantaged children, and some of those incredible kids. And tis, um, they were part of the Paralympics, man. It's great to have you here, Michael. I'm going to switch on your microphone, otherwise no one's going to hear you. Great to have you here, Michael. <laughs> Thank you very much, friends. It's um, it's flipping cool to have you in studio. Like I said, you you did send a WhatsApp before when you were at the Paralympics, and we're going to get to what that was like because I can only imagine. Um, the we were excited sitting here. Well, the the feedback <laughs> for, of the country. We'll get into that in a bit. Jumping yeah. Kids, give us an idea. What is it about? Um, just a brief of what Jumping Kids is about. Sure. So uh, we revolve around prosthetic limbs. Uh, we supply and maintain prosthetics to children, like you said, mainly from disadvantaged backgrounds. But uh, within prosthetics, it's a really expensive issue faced by anyone. So the goal really is to make sure that children get the equipment, because if we can give the, the equipment to these kids, it means that they can get into school, mainstream schooling. They can then build uh, a future for themselves. You know, school obviously leads into the other things as well, physicality, sport, all of those good things you know so so that's the real goal is to provide the mobility that allows for all of these other opportunities gives access to them well that's the thing right is that if you if you're in need of prosthetics and you don't have the cat how much does it cost sure. oh it varies <clears throat> excuse me so basically it it works on where your amputation is so if mm. it's a below knee it's easier than an above knee yeah. and an above knee is e- easier than a through hip so that's the cost implications increase as you go higher up below knees are simpler but the cost is still expensive if we're looking at quality equipment, I would say that you're not going to be able to get into something reasonable for less than 25,000 rand at the moment. Um, that's insane. Exactly. Um, and for me, that's part of my bigger vision around this. When I got involved in Jumping Kids, you know, there was that I'm going to 
do good. I'm going to raise money. We're going to help kids. Um, and then as I got in, it became clear that just raising money is not the way to do this. You actually have to attack the whole system and figure out how do you structure it so that you get better cost efficiencies, um, more people available to do it, et cetera, et cetera, so that you can bring those costs all the way down yeah. and have a greater impact. The the prosthetics themselves, um, is each one custom made? Because it, it, I, I couldn't imagine that um, – an amputation or a loss of a limb could be identical in every case. So no, exactly. are they quite custom? They're completely custom. I mean, the, the biggest thing there is around the socket. So the socket is going to be individual for each individual amputee, and that is purely custom and made by the prosthetist at each individual fitment. Um, so the rest of the stuff can be recycled. That's where you can get cost efficiencies. So we can look at recycling the feet and the components. But the socket is going to be individual, and I would recommend that that's done once a year for an amputee. And does, it, does it change? Does your... All the time. You you fluctuate all the time according to heat and uh, your activity level and all sorts of things. So there are ways to manage it. um, But that, again, goes into how we need to be thinking about this. Because, like I say, we should be fitting an amputee once a year with a new socket so that it does stay comfortable. Because if it's comfortable, then they use it. My worst fear is that you give somebody equipment and then the socket becomes uncomfortable. And six months later, they're not using something that's cost a fortune just because the socket's not functional. Exactly. You understand. Why they're, they're not using it? I understand why they're not using it, but yes. it would be a quick fix for me to say, especially with the way we do things. Mm-hmm. I could get somebody in, and with within two hours, I can fix the socket and have them walking away. Yes, you know. So why are we continuously creating these problems in the system where somebody can have something amazing, but he can't use it because one part of it's not comfortable and ineffective. Mm. Well, that's, I mean, that's why there's people like you in the position that you're in, that you're there creating this change to get to the point where we're helping the people that need it most. Um, what, what inspired you to get involved with Jumping Kids? Uh, so I'm an amputee myself. I'm a double amputee. I was involved in an accident when I was a kid and, um, I was very fortunate because I had family support and, you know, school support and all of those things. So when I said I want to do something, people got out the way and kind of let me do it, um, which is very rare. When you a child in this situation, often you're just facing unachievable barriers. You can't get over these things, you know, whether it's a cost or a support. So I got to a point when I was 26, 27, I had, you know, gone to school, gone to university. I'd seen the world. I'd th- had huge adventures. I'd done all the things you were meant mm. to do as a normal, normal person. Um, and I got to a point where I realized that, you know what, as much as they were a great success, none of them. Nothing would have been achievable without mm. the equipment. Yeah. And I had hit a point where I actually ran into a bit of trouble and I couldn't get a prosthetic for a while. Yes. And, it, and it triggered a whole lot of thoughts about if I'm in this situation as a educated, privileged person, then what happens to a child who has none of that framework? Um, how do they escape the circle? You know, because sure. it is going to be one of those things where you can't get the equipment, so you can't go to school. You can't mm. go to school, you don't get an education. You don't get an education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're not going to fix. Yeah. I mean, it's, especially if it's, it's affected you some way, mm. then it's usually those, those people that uh, try to make a difference. No, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I had to face a lot of this kind of journey um, with the support, mm. but by myself. Mm. You know, I used to go to Germany once a year to get my prosthetics done because I realized that the cost was the same yes. and the quality was much better. So yeah. rather go there and do it right than stay here and fight with people. Yes. And then it got to a situation where that's not achievable anymore because now I don't have a leg. How am I going to get there? You know, and, 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 and. So, wow. so it became this thing of how do I fix it? And like I said, I started out with a view that let me raise money mm. and uh, help the kids that were in the system already. Uh, Johan Snader's 
he's a prothetist and he started the organization and I got involved with him while I was training for London mm. uh, to try and make the Paralympics there. And, um, yeah, it just became this thing where the evolution of, as I got more into it, I kind of realized, well, I'm the perfect person to deal with this type of stuff. You know, nice. I have the history in this. I understand above knee, below knee. I understand all these things. Now, how do I attack it in a way that I can change the system? Yeah. Because the system is flawed. Wow. You know, it's yeah. one of those things where I can raise millions of rands and not deal with it. Um, whereas if I attack the system and I raise the same amount of money, the impact is greater. And there is, is a chance, I believe, um, that we can fix this. There's no reason why we should have people waiting for limbs for three years. And I, I love that positivity and that, that um, what's the right word, is that you're passionate. It's, that, that's exactly what it is, it's passionate. Uh, how many kids are currently part of Jumping Kids? Well, how many? Like, sure. So we fitted over 100 kids over the last uh, seven years. But we, what we do is we wow. keep them in the system for two years minimum. So my goal is actually never to let them go. Once you're in, I want you to finish school and then we'll deal with that once we get there, you know. Oh. But, but the real, the real thing is to make sure they finish school because that gives them an opportunity and a chance. And, and you could, you could almost, um, start building an alumni. Yay. So once, yeah. once you've been in the program and then you go off That's and it. you, you yeah. study and you become successful, then you can almost become a mentor to someone else who's going through these things That's as a child. That's exactly it. I'm trying to replace myself with all the other kids so and you have the same opportunities I yeah mean, just because you're differently able doesn't mean that you can't do what everybody else is doing yeah and they'll have their own unique skills and things exactly. that they can bring to it exactly. you know so so it is it's about creating that alumni but also creating a, a world where we look at amputees and we realize that they can do lots of stuff you know don't just be impressed by the sporting stuff for me real life is harder than the olympics the mm. olympics is great but real life is hard. So my, my dad, um, when I was in high school, my dad was in a bike accident and he lost his left arm. Um, and it was amazing to see how he adapted, but so super quickly. Um, Kerry, when we're done with the show, and if any of my listeners are listening, go just try button your pants with one arm. It's, it, no, I know I it's, have. it's tried. really, it's really difficult. And my dad managed to live a life where he was tying his shoelaces and, I and still I, riding I've bikes. I've like, eat without, we eat with my feet because there's, um, people with no arms. So it's just being no, differently abled. Just, yeah. Um, are you guys just based in Joburg or are you sort of nationwide? Uh, well, our biggest footprint is in Gauteng, but we're nationwide. So again, using the technique we use for sockets and all of those things, we can manufacture the prosthetic without being in any kind of formal structure we can use battery tools we can do everything mobile yeah. which is why we know that we can go into africa and solve it there as well and mm -hmm. why we see um, alternative revenue models and a whole other business that gets um, structured from that so that's why i'm i'm at gibbs studying social entrepreneurship with that view that i believe oh, again amazing. that we can create a business that yes. it's a social enterprise mm. where you develop solutions that some people can pay for because they have some affordability and the fact that they pay for it then subsidizes all the people who can't afford it and we develop a business that solves the issue but has sustainability in it because like I say raising the funding you're just not going to be able to dent the issue yeah. not at all in, in these circumstances though and especially now that the Paralympics are finished you guys have got a bit of exposure because of it mm. um, I know that Ntando was there and he's part of Jumping Kids which is just absolutely amazing um, what was the Paralympics like to be in that eclectic environment well, it was the first time I was in South America. I traveled to a lot of other places, but the first time in Rio. And, uh, I mean, it really did live up to its reputation. Rio is an amazing place. Yeah. The people are fantastic, super friendly. They really bought into it all. Um, so if you were lost or needed help, there was somebody there who was going to point you in the right direction and, uh, and make you really want to go back. 
Um, the vibe was amazing. It was great that they started to incorporate the, the country and the population more and bringing them in and giving some free tickets away so that we filled up some of the stadiums, especially yeah. around the athletes. You know, it just builds up everything so much more. Um, I, I must say that they're very patriotic. So if you're Brazilian and you're in the, in the race, you're going to get the biggest scream you've ever heard. And then it goes very quiet after that. You know, I, I understand it, but it, it, I think that, uh, yeah, it would be nice if we, if we every if we could have filled it and the stadium just went nuts for everybody all the yeah. time, but but yeah, it was amazing. The vibe was amazing. The the results for a lot of the people who went there to do what they were going to do. It's the Paralympics were great. So yeah, just a, a really great experience. And then from a personal capacity, obviously, it was something that we had been working towards uh, within Tundal. You know. Um, the background to that, having a 14-year-old trying to make the Paralympics has a lot of background to it that, that people won't understand. Mm. I mean, things like you have to get an IPC number and you're not allowed to get one until you're 16. Yes. So how do you get that to happen? And how yeah. do you do it? Is It's very tricky. So a lot of that went, a lot of background went in to get in there. And obviously he had to put in the work and run the times and do what he did um, to do it. By the time he had qualified, I knew that he had a p- mental potential. You know, sure. he is that good. He has got that much potential. I mean, my view is that in the next four years, if he grows and just does what he does and is himself, mm. then I can't see how anybody's going to touch him in Tokyo. He's that fast. He's got that much potential, not just in athletics. He's that athletic generally. He has great balance. Um, he's strong. He's very de- willing to be involved in everything. So Dedicated. You know, from, completely. From what we saw from this side and yeah. how the media portrayed him. Completely. He, I, when I was 14, I don't even think I did uh, went to school consistently. Like for a 14-year-old to be so dedicated yeah. and to be the eye on the ball, that, that he knows what he's doing and he's going to get it. Well, exactly. He embraced the whole idea. You know, I mean, he came from a situation where he had been in a wheelchair. We met him at a disabled school. Um, he came to a clinic that we had at Steve Beaker and then the process. And from, from day one, he's, he's been part flourished. of that pro- process. You know, it's been like, okay, we think that if you amputate this, that and the next, that would be the best, you know, solution for you. And a 14 year old boy has taken that on. Well, 10 at the time. He's taken that on. He's gone to his parents and said, sure. I want to amputate because these people have said that I can walk and run and do these things. And that's what I want to do. And then they've done it, Uh, you know, and then, and then with, with his mother and his grandmother, the amazing people. And then we've spoken to them and said, look, he's got great potential. He's a really smart kid. He's funny. He's strong. He should be in a mainstream school. Um, we've been working with him for now two years. Let's move him. We know what this is going to take. It's going to take him living with Johan. Um, there's no hostels for primary school kids. So the only way to do it is what's for him to foster him for the week. So we've had, you know, his mother and his grandmother buy into this plan and do everything they can do. Then Johan do everything he can do and Tundal do everything he can do. It's become this whole building process and that's what gets you to the Paralympics. Man, that is, it's so (laughs) inspirational to hear how because of your organization someone has been given an opportunity that they might have never have had and 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 as modest as you can be that is the reality is that you guys were a part of this this thing that he he's got a silver flipping medal at yeah. the paralympics and and 4 years ago he was in a wheelchair in a disabled school totally and and but this is you know the proof of concept so this is what we're saying is that if we can supply kids even extreme amputees because in a in he's a double above knee amputee it's it's what i would term quite extreme Um, if you can supply them with the right kind of equipment if you can say to them you have potential go to this mainstream school do this do that you know and you can do amazing things and build a future it's very possible Mm. this this guy has just done it in four years you know he's overachieved 
dramatically. But we that have other massive. kids in the program who, who could do the same thing with the same kind of support. I just can't put all of them into Johan's house because his wife will lose her mind. With regards to funding, I mean, where do you guys get your funding yeah. from? So um, I target corporate funding mainly. I do CSI work. So I deal, work with big corporates and um, look for, for bulk funding so that we can do big projects or, or cover maintenance over a long period of time. Because like I said, I want it to be a year, two mm. years where the kid knows that if you have an issue, it's done. Um, so yeah, big corporates is mainly, we do get buy-in from individuals um, who are gen- very generous and, and, and donate to us as well. Um, and then events. Um, and things like that. I look for any opportunity to find a way to do things. So at the moment, I'm part of a innovator award, which would then, that's, that's more for the social entrepreneurship side yes. to develop the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I am successful there, the first prize is over a million rand, the, wow. and it goes all the way down. Wow. You know, so that's to develop the business then, which would be, it's, it's crucial because one of the, the really challenging things about nonprofit work is your restricted versus unrestricted exactly. income, you know, Yes, we'll give you money to um, we'll give you money to uh, to to do the work, but then who is going to do the work is the problem because yeah. you know there's yeah. no money for that. So these are the things that, as a nonprofit in in this country and probably worldwide, you have to work through and and figure out tricks and the ways to make it work so that you can deliver on your mandate. Ah, no. So, so at the beginning of this interview, you mentioned um, how much I'm going to call them normal day to day prosthetics costs. Yeah, what is what is a pair of blades cost? Because that's, uh, that's a different story, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, so blades were designed for athlete, athletics. Okay, they've been, it's an elite thing. Um, so it, I would say again, a basic athletic blade, um, at my cost, not retail cost, would be 30,000 Rand for one. Um, and then it goes all the way up for one, leg. for one blade. That's not the socket. That's not any of the components. Oh, that's wow. just the blade, the bottom, just the blade, just yeah. the bit that compresses and shoots people forward. So, I mean, but that can go all the way up again. And we're looking at retail cost for somebody, you know, off the street, medical aid who wants one can be like 60, 70,000 rand for the blade. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's, it's really the, the, the costing in this. I look at it the same way as, um, pharmaceutical style pricing mm. where, you know, you'd go to the treatment action campaign and, and their issue over HIV drugs and antiretrovirals. And why are these so expensive when they've been around and thought of for ages? Surely we've hit a point where there should be a generic and then that generic should have a generic and, you know, we should be solving the issue. I have the same issues within the prosthetic pricing and how it's done. Mm. So, so that's part of my, again, fight in the system. So the, the reason I mentioned that is because We've told this beautiful story of Ntando and where he came from and what he did. But um, for our listeners, they need to understand that there's, there's a lot more costs involved than just a day-to-day prosthetic. If you're looking at the Paralympics, and, and I want everybody to remember the pride that we had when we were watching the Paralympics. I believe that the Paralympics, from a South African point of view, were bigger than the Olympics. We really got involved. I agree. We, here at the show, we were just talking about everybody's <laughs> every stories. Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we were bringing it all up. It was really, really exciting. Yes. And and the the um, the sort of engagement that I saw around it was was pretty phenomenal. Those things matter because... For this kid who's 14 years old, he's got another four years to train, and then we're going to be behind him again. You've changed and, his life. And if you want to get behind other mm. kids in the same situation, here's your flipping opportunity, man. Jumping Kids is, is a place that's really changing lives, which is quite phenomenal. Yeah, and so um, w- thank you very much, obviously, for <laughs> what you said. That's very kind. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, and I think that in four years he can go and do – you know, the, the next big thing and, and grab gold and probably grab multiple gold, um, at that point. 
what we said to him is that for now he actually doesn't need to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, training's done. He did. It was intense to get to Rio, and once we got to Rio, now it's you can be a kid. You know, go and do Focus all the things you have to do. And yeah, get through and exams, and, and you know he's got to go into a new high school next year, and there's all sorts of things to figure out. So go and figure those things out. Um, and it's, it's going to be a little bit different for him now because he's almost famous, right? So getting back to school, it's a challenge. It wow. is a real challenge. I mean, you know, and and people sometimes don't understand that he's 14. You know, you're getting requests for him to come. Please be a part of our interview on Sunday night at Not like happen. 10 o'clock. Not like, going to happen. What? He's in bed. <laughs> yeah, or during school, you know, yeah. come to a breakfast for this and you're like, guys, he's 14, he's in school, there's no way. So Amazing. So yeah, there's a lot going on. Um he's got a great head on his shoulders. I think he's got a good support system around him and yeah, he'll figure it out. Well, we're we're excited to watch I that whole it, process and it, to watch it. you guys and see what yes. you're up to and hopefully get involved wherever we can. You mentioned going up into Africa and and sort of Helping people out who are disadvantaged in the more African community. What else is next for the organization? Uh, okay, so it's the Innovator Awards are the next big things, and that's going to be the kickoff into the social entrepreneurship um, venture, where where we would we're looking then to look at how do we make everything more cost effective? How do I get people um, access to this stuff? So that's going to be we're going to be training. The goal is to train prothetists in our technique and to upskill them so that they would be able to then set up in a micro franchise around the country so we'd have a division in each province. That's where, that way it's easy to send somebody to somebody who's qualified and qualified in what we're going to do. Mm. And then we'd also have a quality assurance coming from Johan and the central structure. Um, I'd then be looking at um, how do I make the procurement side of things and all of that work, business stuff, so that things are cheaper. Um, and then to go into Africa, we'll start by being mobile. You know, so we get together, let's say five of the people we've trained, plus Johan, we go in, we go in, we could go pick Angola, you know, and we deal with corporates and uh, the states, we get funding for it and we go in there over two weeks, we fit 20, 30 people. Mm, and mm, then mm. you start developing a pattern. So we say, okay, we've done those. We'll come back in six months. You guys can come back, but bring 10 more. And then next month we go to Mozambique and the month after that we go to Kenya and you can just start doing it like that where once every six months the team is there and you've created the jobs, you've created the framework, you've created all these things and then there's all the knock-on effects from the amputees. Well, it's exciting and I I think you guys have got a good case study um, and I hate saying the word case study but it almost is because you've you've done this. It's it's something that we can do for other kids as well who can really just achieve great things in their lives. If there's corporates or if there's individuals that are listening right now, um, I want you to get involved because it's important and if they want to get involved where do they go what do they do um okay so all the social media is obviously available with jumping kids and then our website is www.jumpingkids.org.za contact details are there my contact details are there um you're more than welcome to email me michael at jumpingkids.org.za and yeah well, it's that flippin' easy. I'm going to put all of those, um, the links and the details up onto the Good Things Guy page. Uh, so Good Stuff page so that you can uh, get hold of it after the show. That has been the good stuff for this week. Uh, it's an hour that's just disappeared. Thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for all that you do. It's, thank you. Thank you for the support and super inspirational, man. It's super inspirational. Um, I say this every week. We need to stay motivated. We need to inspire others. We're in this together and the only way we'll get through whatever this is is together. Mm. I'm going to leave you with this for this week. A positive mindset matters. Cut away the negativity and nonsense. Cultivate an environment conducive to your personal well-being. Forgive yourself and others. Have the courage to move on. Focus on the good stuff. Celebrate life. To truly live, celebrate each day of life. Let each day be a festival 
of positivity, happiness, and joy. That's it for this week, eh? My, okay, I know you're my, <sighs> my anniversary. It's our anniversary on the good stuff. We love having you here. If you guys want to get more shows, if you want to get more information, just visit um, the cliffcentral.com page. Everything is there. Uh, or Brendan, Nikki, or Kerry Stain. It's that yes. easy, right? Yes. Have a terrific Tuesday, yo. Thanks for listening. Cliffcentral.com.